for a hope and a future. And that when we would seek him, we would find him. Throughout scripture, God is beckoning mankind to seek him, to enter into a deeper revelation of who he is, that we would experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And although we can honor God with our works and our sacrifices and our deeds, the most important thing and what's acceptable to him is the sacrifice of a broken and contrite heart, a heart that is open to receive the fullness of who he is. There are benefits to the presence of God. There's peace, there's joy, there's wisdom, there's knowledge. The list goes on as to what we can receive when we encounter God, when we make time for him, when he's our priority. In John 14, Jesus speaks of the counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in his name to teach us all things and remind us. We're people that need to be reminded. And so God does that throughout scripture. He reminds us of who he is. The Holy Spirit brings to remembrance and Remembering things are important. It's the anchor to our faith. Because when trials come, we tend to forget. We think that God forgets us or that he left us. But that's when the Holy Spirit comes and whispers like a friend into our ears. And the word of God comes alive. And perhaps you may hear Deuteronomy 31. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Or Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And, when the, and through the rivers, they shall not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Or perhaps Psalm 23 comes to mind. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. For your rod and staff, they comfort me. When in despair, there's a deception to think that God is no longer faithful, that he doesn't love us fully, that his compassions are not new every morning. And so it's important to be reminded, not just through scripture, but through others that remind us of his word. We are a body of Christ, and that's what we do for each other. We remind each other. And so we're so thankful for the word of God Tragedies come to everyone, whether we know God or not, don't they? It's just a matter of what happens in life. However, God does promise to be with us through that. He promised to be our source of strength and hope. We have two choices when we come across trials, and that's to become bitter, to be consumed by the circumstance, or to hold on fast to the promises of God even when reality contradicts them. 14 years ago, and about two years after misdiagnosis, I would be diagnosed with a rare autoimmune with connective cancers that would involve many other diagnoses through the years after that. During that time, I was given a two to five year prognosis. Now anyone that's been given what I call a death report knows that it's 
almost like a clock, a ticking clock has just been put over your head. And so there's this uncertainty that comes over your life and those that are around you that love you and care about you. And so you see everything through those lenses, lenses of limitation or that your future is not there anymore. It was during those times that my faith changed from someone that loved God and did a lot of things for God to really um, entering into a deeper relationship with God because there were no choices. My options were limited, and so the, op the only option was God. But that's not a bad thing. Having God as our only option is actually a good thing. He is the only one that can help us. He is the only one that we can overcome any circumstances with. So I was given that two to five year clock. There were many hospitalizations. I was away from my three children during that time pretty often. There would be many surgeries and infections and I was about 89 pounds. There was a time where I needed a wheelchair. Um, so during that time we also were pursuing, looking for a cure for the incurable, which is what most people do in desperation. We exhausted medical trials, we exhausted natural medicine, and even some of the spiritual healing services. But when we got to that place, I, might, I found myself in a turning point. I was three years into the two to five year prognosis when I had arrived home after a hospitalization. And I was very broken during that time because that's what trials do. They, they break your spirit, they break your faith. And I had lost my will to live, but not really noticed it. But that's when the Holy Spirit came in. <clears throat> For whatever reason, that day was my time. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me that while I was waiting to die, I had stopped living. And I had not realized that three years had passed. And that I had been given a gift of time. And that my cup was half full, not half empty. I was able from that point on to make a decision because it is a choice. I was able to decide that I would stop worrying about what I had no control over anyway. That I would learn to live day by day and that I would press into God during those times where I was confused and afraid. And my circumstances as far as the physical didn't change. <clears throat> However, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> However, they did change spiritually. There was a sustaining grace that came upon me that wasn't natural. It was a sustaining, a sustaining grace to persevere and to move forward. And that's what changed. That was what the turnaround was. Years after that, I would still continue to evolve with the diagnosis. I would have had cancer and two of my organs would have been affected. Uh, both my parents, um, I would have lost both my parents within several years of each other during that time. However, in the midst of all that, there was a grace that I could not understand. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing between spirit and soul, 
It cuts through unbelief, fear, the lies that break our faith. So I found that as the word of God became something more that was in here, it was in here. And that became the thing that I would hold on to. And the Holy Spirit would time and time again empower me in his presence. One of the things that I would experience was being in isolation. Because of my immune system, I would be directly admitted into the hospital to isolation rooms. And there are different forms of isolation rooms. There's one where you, you're kind of locked into three doors and you do feel alone. But believe it or not, those times for me became retreat times. They became times where only, it was only God and I. There was no one else. And the relationship that I felt with God during that time was good. Didn't mean that my circumstances weren't difficult or that some days weren't harder than others. But it meant that I was able to overcome because God is an overcoming God. He gives us strength when we don't have strength. He releases peace to us that surpasses all understanding. Nine months ago, I would be back in that valley of decision of choosing between faith and whether my circumstances would consume me. Nine months ago, my husband, who was very healthy and who was my caretaker and took care of a lot of the things as I was sicker, um, passed away. He suddenly, unexpectedly passed away. It was a shock to my children and I. We were devastated. And so during that time, I came back to that place of what's the choice? What's the alternative? The alternative would be to be consumed and then to, for tragedy to have its way. But that's not God's plan for us because he has a plan for a hope and a future for us, doesn't he? So I was back to that place of choosing to trust him, although I didn't understand. Through the pain, through the grief, I would trust that he would be my source, and he has. I can't even sometimes explain how is it that there's a grace upon my life. It doesn't come from things that we can do. It doesn't come from making being strong in our own. It comes from the supernatural grace of God and his goodness in our lives that continues in our lives as we seek him. Because when we seek him, we do find him. So here I am. <clears throat> I'm still pursuing double trans lung transplant and a bone marrow transplant. I've been in palliative care. It's actually a joke at this point because I've been there the longest probably from everyone. And yet, I do not feel like someone that is terminal. I feel like someone that has life and hope. And so that, that's the difference with being in a circumstance that is difficult, whether it's a small circumstance that there are options or whether there's no options. We have a mighty God.
I don't understand why my healthy husband went to heaven, honestly, and why the sick parent is left behind. But what I do know is that, as Romans 8 says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God, from God's love, nor death, nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love God has revealed in Christ our Lord. God's outpouring of grace and love and compassion through people has been tremendous, has been a true testimony to me of what the body of Christ is. I was swamped with papers and issues that I had no resources or knowledge for, yet God provided every single detail. Those things are not coincidences. Those are the things that God does for his children. During times where I was overwhelmed or the days where I still am overwhelmed because there are days that I weep for the loss, for my children's loss of their father. I weep for the days where I miss my husband. But then those are the days where God is truly close to the brokenhearted. I feel his presence. I am reminded of his goodness. I'm drawn into his I'm drawn into his presence so that I can find all that I need. Because all that we need is truly in his presence. It really is. It's that simple. There is no striving. There is nothing big that we have to do. As a matter of fact, our efforts don't even have to be great. We can give him faith as small as a mustard seed. We can put little effort and we will see that God will open the floodgates and overflow his presence and his goodness over us. When we don't have faith, he gives us faith to continue to believe him, to be who he is. So as I'm here today, I pray that you won't remember just the trials and the stories that I have shared with you, but that you will remember that as we draw close to God, that he is faithful. He's a faithful God and he loves us and he loves you that the Christ in me and the Christ in you will help you overcome any circumstance that's before you. I pray that today you will be encouraged to go deeper in him, that you will seek him above all things because you will truly find him. Thank you for having me here. May you be blessed and overflowing in the Holy Spirit today. But I would invite us all to clap for the word that we have.